Kitchen Nightmares podcast. Join us through a journey of bad television and somehow even worse food. Hello everyone once again, I'm your old pal, the culinary cowboy, Kevin Mann. Joined as I am through this journey of dirty walk-ins, horrible owners and really bad appetizers. Firstly, by the Baron of Baked Beans himself, Mr. Adam Bibolo. What the fuck? I've made my feelings on baked beans perfectly clear on this very <laughs> podcast, and you slander me with this name. I gave you a baronage. What the fuck? I thought you English love titles. You're obsessed oh, I, I, with I love them, right? being the Baron of a thing that I despise. Yeah, that's real fun. Well, I think you're like kind of an arbiter in that you helped us decide what was right and wrong on that contentious issue. Mm. And therefore... I think you're a baron, and I don't know if it works like this in England, but I figured a baron would be a very absent uh, political figure. He'd be very like hands-off, doesn't care about the... doesn't even like baked beans, but he's the baron of them. That's so unfair. Yeah, that's pretty English. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, it works perfectly, actually. I take it back. Speaking of pretty English, I'm joined by the pretty English Countess of Cassulet, Joe Graham. Oh, hello. How like are that. you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Yes, how are you? I'm very, very excited to get into today's episode. Today's episode which was picked by Adam but before we get into that I was going to toss it out for a, a kitchen nightmare of our own obviously we made the great decision of starting a kitchen nightmares podcast with a recurring kitchen nightmares theme during the biggest mass closure of restaurants and eateries in human history yep. so uh, anyone got anything for me today yes actually I do have a kitchen nightmare but it's it's only vaguely a kitchen nightmare it's oh, oh so I recently, okay, it was, it was Kevin's birthday. Hello. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something special for his birthday. Now, Kevin loves food. He loves going out to eat at restaurants. But we can't do that because of the global pandemic. So I looked on a little website called Virgin Experiences. Oh, no. To see what type of food experiences they had to offer during a pandemic. And whether or not this is bleeped is whether or not we decided in the edit that what you now say is libelous or not. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they had the gall to charge about 70 quid for the most ridiculous things like a movie screening night where you get access to like 10 movies on their list and also a bag of popcorn. And that's that's it. 70 quid for that. 70? Are you exaggerating? It was 65. So I'm rounding up. Okay, that's fine. We round up in this house. Yeah, I'm not quite exaggerating. But that's not even the worst thing. So I thought it would be nice to get Kevin a nice like, wine and cheese tasting. I saw mm. that was one of the options on the Virgin Experiences page. It's one of my favourite tag teams, yeah. wine and cheese. Wine and cheese. Now, I know a little bit about cheese from working at a cheese counter, a very fancy delicatessen in my youth. So I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. We'll get a, a call with a Zoom expert on cheese and wine. Kevin's mm. favourite thing. Yeah, you love Zoom calls, buddy. I, I love. I'm. I'm Zoom. The only Zoom here is the quick dash of me running towards my next Zoom experience. Because <laughs> I love it so much. And the shit icing on the cake was that the selection of cheeses they had to offer was a mild cheddar. Oh no! And can you guess what the other cheese was? I'm thinking a red Leicester or something, maybe. Oh, that would have been nice. All right there, Mr. Fancy. All right, yeah. <laughs> no, it was Lording a... all over us. <laughs> it was a slightly more mature, but not a mature cheddar, but it was a cheddar. It was a medium cheddar. So a mild cheddar 
and a medium cheddar. All right, my, my hot take is that it definitely was. You know, when you go to the shop, you get the coloured cheese and then the non-coloured cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, the cheese that's had the fake tan, the cheese yeah. that's that's not. <laughs> yeah. I think those are the two you get. And any flavour differences would have been created by the mind. <laughs> but, so the, you got mild cheddar and medium, not quite mature cheddar. And then what, the the expert would walk you through the tasting of this on How, Two things is hardly a walk now, no. is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure how the Zoom expert figures into that. Because I figured he'd be fucking mortified. I, yeah, oh. I, I mean, obviously me and Kevin, we apply for certain like acting gigs in mm. our spare time to earn a bit of cash. And one of the gigs that we have like seen advertised is being an expert on those Zoom calls. And I was just thinking that would be the worst gift to get anyone is like an invitation to a wine and cheese tasting <sighs> where someone pretty much in your same position is forced to sit on webcam and talk you through two types of cheddar. All right. That's miserable. All right, all of us here are thinking, right, that's obviously a terrible idea, right? All right, here's, here's the, the, the outside perspective, perhaps, that okay. none of us maybe had at the, at the time of hearing. Yeah, it might seem like a pretty shit cheese tasting board. Or maybe we've eaten all so much cheese that our cheese tasting is so advanced that we have to go into the subtleties and the minutiae mm. between a medium cheddar and a right. mild cheddar. I mean, if, if that's a taste test that would be really difficult, you know, obviously. That's true. Com- <laughs> that's true. Compared to some. Now, before we go any further, I just want to say this is remarkably relevant because I'm planning Alice's birthday myself at the minute. So I've been looking at some online experiences and I did get an email. I got an email myself saying, why not have Gordon Ramsay's signature beef wellington at home? What? I've heard many times about how amazing Gordon Ramsay's beef wellington is. It's like his number one dish. So I had a look at it. And it's, yeah, it's all the ingredients you need. Plus you get to make it yourself and probably fuck it up. And it's <laughs> £75 to make it yourself at home. Wait, you actually have to make it yourself? Yes, it comes every. I think the pastry may be pre-made and you oh roll it. Oh my god! I think. But the hard bit. The hard is, bit is the assembly. Yeah. Assemb- yeah. Oh my god. Now it is. It is a tough thing. I remember one year, my mum when I was. It was one of my first years after I'd emigrated. My mum was like, "When you come back for Christmas, you can have whatever you like, whatever you like." And I was like, "Beef Wellington," because I just like you know I love anytime I see it out. I love beef Wellington. It's fucking mm. meat and mushrooms and pastry. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever seen my mother so stressed. You know, it kind of like put me off ever wanting to ask her to do things like that because it's like she really wanted to do it and it was so fucking hard because you got a beef inside this pastry case waiting to mm-hmm. explode. She already went through childbirth for you and now you make her go through a beef Wellington as well. What exactly. Kind of son I, are you? It was it was a terrible moment in my son mother relationship. <laughs> well, if you ever have any kitchen nightmares of your own, you can always catch us up on the Podcrabs social channels at Podcrabs or send us an old email to it's rawpod at gmail. Com. Adam, today it falls to you on this, the sixth episode of It's Raw. And don't forget, check out the other episodes. And uh, we only had an episode of The Walk-In come up as well, where you did a yeah. deep dive on all your smelly emails. We are today, season four, episode number six, Down City in Providence, Rhode Island. Adam, what led you to pick today's kitchen nightmare for us on It's Raw? Well, I have said before now that my niche and the thing that i want to look into the most is when the show goes wrong or when the producers have an idea of what they want to happen and it doesn't work out that way and i've (laughs) i i I had a couple examples of that in mind at first and then i've since realized you can't really google that i've tried i've typed in like (laughs) episodes of kitchen nightmares where uh it goes wrong question mark 
or like most manufactured episodes of Kitchen Nightmares. There's not those kind of lists out there. So I'm pivoting a little bit and I'm moving the goalposts to just extreme drama in general. Ooh. That's what I'm after now. I'm all about the drama. I like seeing a bit of drama here in this episode. And now this is great because, you know, we've we've all had various levels of experience of watching Kitchen Nightmares. But mm. I think before we started the podcast, we had all had probably a, a year or so where we hadn't been... R- regularly watching the show i think it's fair fair to say like you know where it wasn't part of the rotation so when you suggested this episode i knew it was probably gonna be one i'd seen before Mm. and my very first thing i wrote down in my notes is oh this episode (laughs) so good job on this one we are in providence rhode island one of the smallest states in the united states of america that is and we are joined by abby and her best friend rico now, there are many terrible setups for owning restaurants, mm. but mm. something I've definitely noticed across UK and US kitchen nightmares, anytime it's a best pal combo, yeah. oh, I don't know what it is about it. It just is poisonous. What is it? Why is it? I think it's because if it's a family joint venture, it's like, well, we're family. You can't change that. If it's a couple that own it, it's like, well, you know, the sanctity of our relationship will try and keep us together in this friendship. That's maybe the easiest relationship to walk away from out of all three of those. Like, this is the easiest one for a restaurant to completely shatter, I think. Uh, How would you describe the owner... The, the, the duo, Abby and her best friend Rico, Joe. Abby is a what we like to refer to in Kitchen Nightmares as a bit of a character. She certainly is. I mean, she was referred to as a psycho bitch like four <laughs> times in this episode, which I felt was a little harsh. She is yep. definitely an arsehole, though. She is mm. like textbook definition of an arsehole. And Rico, who is the money man in this situation, uh, probably a little bit more of a silent partner as things uh, escalate throughout the episode. All we see of him at the start is him saying, yeah, I've got a full-time job, so I'm not really here that much. But I I thought, I spend loads of money on drinking and eating at restaurants. Why don't I just buy my own one? And then you see, like, five different shots of him pouring himself drinks and stuff. (laughs) That's the worst reason to open a restaurant I've ever heard. That happens quite a lot in the UK one, where people... I think it particularly when you consider the Kitchen Nightmares UK happened before the financial crash. There's mm. a lot of people who I think just love the idea of having like kind of a lounge or something like that just for themselves. Free food and drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Is it because they were giving out mortgages and loans too easy that any fuckers <laughs> like, look, I love steak, so you should let me buy a steakhouse. <laughs> well, how many have you eaten? At least 19. Well, there's the finance and off you go. I think... Another massive red flag that always kind of pops up here and there is someone who gets to buy a restaurant with a pre-existing brand, a name, an establishment, wholesale, lock stock, you get everything. That for me always seems like you're buying a cursed restaurant. Jerkin. I don't know. Mm. It's just like if someone's gonna go, I'm not gonna sell you the building. You could have the building, the menus, the name, the everything about it, all of our signature dishes. And now it's your problem. <laughs> no, I think that's a nice little starter kit for like my first restaurant or whatever. Because, you know, a lot of the hard work's taken care of there. You don't have to worry about branding and whatnot. But I think we've all known what it's like when you have like a beloved restaurant and then it changes hands without you even knowing about it. Because from the outside, it looks exactly the same. And then suddenly yeah. you realize, oh, no, it's shit now. But they could have they just totally fooled me. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you guys where you went to a restaurant where it was previously like, oh, this is a grand old spot, and then you went back and it had subtly changed owners or chefs or something like that? Yeah, uh, it happened to me in Stafford once, and you just, 
it's that disappointment of like, it looks exactly the same, everything seems to be fine, but oh, the menu looks a little bit different. Oh, I'll just try ordering this instead. And oh no, 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 it's rotten now. <laughs> it's like a really awkward thing that's happened once or twice in like back home in Galway. My parents, like, when they, if they find a restaurant they like, they're the type of people who they'll want to go and, like, shake hands with the manager. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we like to come here. Yes, you know, you're our friend. And the time, it, there was a beautiful little place, Kerwin's, then Kerwin's Lane in Galway, this lovely little hidden restaurant. We used to go there probably every other month for, for years. And they didn't change owners, but they changed head chefs. Uh. And the chef was, the new chef was so bad. But my parents, we went to that restaurant like two or three times out of embarrassment. Because you'd walk past and they'd be like, hey, they'd wave like, hi, you gotta come in this weekend. Oh yeah, maybe maybe they know how to make duck again. I don't know. Abby describes herself as being a 30 some year veteran of the restaurant biz. That's curious. Yeah, she claims to have 33 years experience, but she is vague about what type of experience it mm-hmm. is. She just says vaguely the restaurant industry, which could mean absolutely anything. I've been eating in restaurants for nine and a half, <laughs> ten Legit. years, five years. Honestly. Uh, yeah, try lacing her boots. Here, the name Down City does not inspire a fucking good ale night out on the town for me, does it? No, it's a crap name. Down it sounds City. like a horrible like neo-noir film or something about miserable people <laughs> living in a shit town. Or a really shit sketch comedy show that airs really late at night. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Rico, full-time job. We later find out he's a money man in the literal sense of the word and that he works in mortgages. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, extra drama on tap here. Yeah, he says that if the restaurant goes under and he has to declare bankruptcy, he could lose his actual job because mm. he works in finance. Yeah. Which I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I think he's being dramatic. It's not like he'll like immediately be fired or whatever, but I mean, his reputation will definitely take a hit if he's right. known as the guy that had a failed restaurant and he's going to be advising you on your mortgage and whatnot. Oh, I, I thought it was it was like a, a law as far as I know. That really? If you were, really? If you were, well, he says he works in a credit union. It'd be one thing if he's mm. just an independent financial advisor or whatever, but if he's working for a credit union and he's given out mortgages and he himself has declared bankruptcy, as far as I know... There are like certain standards or whatever you have to have adhered to and and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if it's a case that he'd necessarily lose his job straight away, but he would likely lose his job at some point or he would not get that big promotion. It's it's kind of poison if you're working in that world, as far as I know. Why even take on the risk then? A restaurant, that's so risky. I'll tell you why, Joe, because he spends so much bloody money eating and drinking (laughs) as it is. You may as well just buy your own one. (laughs) And you at home, if you spend so much time bloody listening to podcasts, you might as well start your own podcast. (laughs) We have some interesting uh, uh, off-the-bat comments about Abby. Josh, who I will say from the offset is my MVP because he has a lovely smile and a great attitude. (laughs) Josh calls Abby Cruella DeVille and Mark takes it up a notch by calling her, and I quote, a complete psycho fucking bitch. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, he's got all of his uh, embellishments in there. That one. He was, the smile on him, he looked yeah. like, he, like he'd been waiting, he'd been holding that in for years. Yeah, waiting <laughs> until the TV camera crew was right in front of him and Gordon Ramsay behind him saying, go on, do it, say it. That's it. Like, I, I, I feel bad because like these comments are really way too harsh, I think. Like, she's, she's not nice, but they're being really mean about her. But also at the same time, I'm a little bit jealous because I'm like, oh, that's got to feel so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what it's like to want to say that on TV about your boss and they must feel so empowered right now <laughs> so here's my question for you guys at, at the offset we get a kind of a, a series of cuts of her being angry swearing shouting mm. and then claiming she's not shouting like she is 
so short with the staff. Like it is mm. just obviously a routine and, and whatnot that that's how she speaks to to people. But was she a victim of editing here? Do you think, or is she as bad as they make out, or is she kind of acting up a bit because the cameras are there? And as we've seen many times, nervous people just act like bricks. Then on this show, <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I've wanted to talk about with this being a reality TV podcast. Is a lot of people try and make out the like, oh, I got the villain edit, or I was edited to look really horrible, and like. It's true that that is definitely something that is a problem and can be done on reality TV. But there are occasions where it's like, you can't edit the fact that you're screaming at your staff and being yeah. really rude to them. Like, that is real. That has happened. And them choosing to show that isn't you getting a villain edit. Like, the only way that this could be redeeming is if they chose not to show her being like, I'm so sorry I spoke to you that way earlier. And I don't really buy her doing that, going off of what we can see and what we learn about her tonight. Yeah. Mm. It just it might be a bit of a traumatising question, but you know, the fact that both of you worked in the service industry in various capacities, have you ever been shouted at while on the job and what is that actually like because i would imagine i get shaky hands when i've been shouted at mm. and i would imagine serving in that situation is like i remember I, I worked in a tailor's when i was 16 and i was screamed at by the owner and i like was it in front of customers no there were no customers there yeah but when customers came in i could feel i was going to start crying so yes. i like quickly mm. was like oh busy that's, busy that's really similar to what i experienced when i worked at the the deli in that i would get yelled at in the back room and then as soon as you come out in front of the customers, you can feel yourself welling up and yep. you have to go hide. Oh, yep. Fucking hell. I've only been shouted at once. It was my very, very, very first job where I was working for a catering agency. I would basically be a waiter that would get sent to different venues around the Midlands. And so I'd be meeting different people every day. And, I, you know, I was so fucking socially anxious back then. It was like, I'm constantly surrounded by new people that I don't know. And I'm feeling mm. really on edge and icky all the time. How old were you as a matter of interest? I would have been either 16 or 17, I think, Whoa, at this point. Super young. Big so responsibility. Prime, prime age to, be sh to have someone feel that they have the ability to shout at you and you should be able to take yep. it. But you definitely will not be able to yeah. take it because you're fucking 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were in the restaurant of a very fancy hotel in Staffordshire and I was in the kitchen we were being briefed by the head chef who was this little he looked like Ricky Gervais but like twice as small as Ricky Gervais if that makes sense <laughs> so what kind and of like that weird Fred Flintstone cartoon they had of him on when they made a exactly show yeah. He, yeah he looked like that and he was like bright red in the face and very angry and shouty he was shouting at loads of people stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I was confused about something. So I was about to ask a question and he just looked at me and went, I don't have time for it, you dick! And like screamed at me. <gasps> wow. Like looking back now, could have been a worse thing to be shouted. Like, you know, it was only one little sentence. It wasn't like a big tirade or anything, but it was enough to shake me up. And then we had to take out these scalding hot bowls of soup out onto the restaurant floor. And I spilled it over an old man's white tuxedo jacket. What? Who was it, Sean Connery? Like? The, the old man, he, no, but he was a proper gammon. He had like the red face and he like, looked like a proper Tory. And he just looked up at me and he went, well, you'll be getting that cleaned then. And I was like <gasps> literally verge of tears, trembling. My fingers were like fucking burning from the soup. Like, oh, and then I just took it to the hotel lobby and there was a really nice receptionist there. And I was like, I spilled the man, the man's soup on. And she was like, it's okay, dear. I'll, I'll take care of that. And basically just looked after me for the rest of the uh, evening. <laughs> well, you know, it's good to know that you know, when, you, when you grow up, you know, there's different approaches when you've been shouted at. Because when I was a postman, I got shouted at on one of my first days and I just decided to not work as hard that day and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. <laughs> so we've had lots of big menus in the past on this. Many items on many menus. 
But this menu has got 50 items with endless options for renewal. <laughs> 50 fucking items on a menu. That's a triple sided you got a fold out tiny font yeah overwhelming man unbelievable gordon's in the down house and he's here kind of quick and there's a bit of a swerve when gordon arrives to talk about the food not our typical gordon entrance yeah he comes in he's like oh god i'm well hungry because the room service i had at the hotel next door was shit and she's like no <laughs> he's like what do you mean what do you mean no he's like that's that's our we do that food no it's not it's it's really good oh oh the restaurant does the catering for the hotel oh that's just that's so weird that gordon happened to bring that up in front of her like right to her face what a quinky dink yes and my new show hotel hell will be debuting. <laughs> i'm expecting an episode him to show up and be like wow if only someone could like balance this with series of blocks and uh, zones and I can't describe his new fucking shit a quiz show I, I failed already we're doing a bonus episode on that for sure at <laughs> Yay. some point I would love it if they tried to combine bank balance with like kitchen nightmares or something have penalty boxes that he puts on like balance the restaurant yeah. look Joe I just want to see money on the board that's all I want to see all right? <laughs> So it is clear from the offset that she's in that special state of denial that co that kind of coincides with being full of shit. And mm. like she's kind of she's not quite aloof enough to seem like she's completely deluded, but it feels like this works for her. She's able to shut stuff down very yes. efficiently. She's very defensive, and Gordon calls that out immediately because mm. she says, "You're one of those customers that I would fire." And he's what? like, "He's like, what do you mean? You fire customers?" And she's like, "Yeah, I do actually." <laughs> what are you, Vince McMahon? Heel promos? <laughs> All of you fans are fired. That's ridiculous. And then she's like, "I'm not being defensive. I'm just defending my restaurant," <laughs> which is literally the definition of being defensive. And I think because she's so. She's so loud and angry, and she's mm. quite scary. Like, if she was my boss, I would be terrified oh, of her. Oh, yes. I would go yeah. home crying every single yep. day. And I think because of that, and she's surrounded herself with this really nice, gentle staff, mm. that she just gets away with just yelling out of any situation. If anyone disagrees with her, she just yells louder. I'd hate it so much because I could not resist making fun of her. Like, she's, she's so easily mockable like because yeah. she's so strange like the fact she's like i've fired customers like what <laughs> like, can you imagine the gems she comes out with during service if she stressed that i think it is what you're saying that she gets away with it like to kevin's point i don't think as much as gordon says she's delusional i don't think she's that deluded i think she knows how shit this is yeah. it's just that she normally wins the argument where she shouts people down she doesn't want to admit it now, before we get into Gordon's actual order, I don't know if anyone caught what he actually got next door in the uh, in in the hotel when he got his room service. Oh, gritty piss soup or something like that. Uh, it, it was pissy, grainy soup, crab cakes that were all fucking mushy and cold in the middle. Now that is how piss grain. Ooh. <laughs> No thanks. Piss grain soup. It's uh, how can you make soup grainy? I mean, if it's got grains in. Well, you mean like couscous or something? But how do you make a soup pissy? <laughs> well, you're pissing it, man. One way, man. You know? <laughs> the servers don't really have much loyalty here, and I think there's obviously fear of an owner when you see people come in and they'll be like, yep, it's, it's, this is what it is. And then there's like mm -hmm. tolerance of someone that people don't want to argue with because they come down, they're like, so what's the food like? Like, ah. Psh! Comfort food, middle of the road, uh, not, starts, not very good. She starts 
telling them off for saying that it's comfort food middle of the yeah. road as though what they're supposed to say it's fine dining yeah i thought that was the brand was comfort yeah. food you're serving stuff like meatloaf and nachos like <laughs> yeah uh, abby takes five minutes of gordon being there to say that he's full of fucking shit <laughs> And then Gordon says, wow, I didn't know they did female cage fighters now. <laughs> I didn't know they did female cage fighters. That's sexist on so many levels. Oh well done, Gordon. Even, even, for, even for the early noughties, like, that's amazing. So we have our order put in. This was, this was a fucking hard day at the office. And these Whoa. are all things that I love. I love. And actually all things that I would probably almost always, if I went out... Depends on the last course, but generally speaking, if I went out, I would I would lean towards a lot of these things. Especially the way they were described on the menu, and I think that's important to note, because like when you go to a restaurant and on the menu something is described as crispy, that's important. Yep. It needs to be crispy. So the order we have, we got some calamari, which is got... It's supposed to be crispy. It's supposed to be crispy. Mm-hmm. And it's got peppers with three peas, which leads to a little cutaway of them going, well, you got three peas in the, in the it's spelled there. And she's like, they have got three peas. He's a fucking idiot. I mean, it does have three peas. I think what he means yeah. is it has four peas. In the middle, yeah. It's yeah, three peas in the middle. Pickle peppers right here, baby. We have three-way nachos, which... Nachos. Nachos. And then they've got award-winning meatloaf as well, mm. which has also been ordered. I have to note, the nachos were described as being a party in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That, that is today's key phrase. That's the key phrase, yep. and it's the clear reason that Gordon ordered those, because as soon as he knows he sees something on a menu that he can make fun of, he's like, yep. I have to order that so I can make a pun. Oh, I've got a joke already lined up for that one. That's brilliant. <laughs> we've, got, we've got something for post lined up for this one, don't worry. Right, so... I tell you right off the bat, the award that the meatloaf won, they won it when it was the previous Stonehouse. That is obvious, mm. right? That is definite. <laughs> and anytime a dish is described as award winning, I don't know, that's always a bit suspect for me as well. I want to know what award it's yes. won. Is it an award for the worst dish? Like, that's true. It could be anything. Smelliest dish could also be that as well. Worst meatloaf of all time. So, the crispy calamari. Where, where's the stumbling block here, then? What's what's going on with our crispy calamari? What's what's our issue? It's the sauce! They're drowning in greasy sauce. They're all soggy and mushy and chewy. And they're kind of slowly, like, will... Like, all the crisp, you can see it as he stirs. It's, falling like, off. melting yeah. off slowly. Like meat falling off the bone of a really co- nicely cooked piece of lamb. So what you have here is, like, a very savoury breakfast cereal with very, very tangy milk. <laughs> and then there happens to be a lot of calamari on top. We get one of my favourite Gordon comments. I've never heard him say this about food before, but he's there like poking it with his fork and he goes, I don't understand it. (laughs) He's genuinely baffled. We're back to the point and click here. There's obviously not enough lines (laughs) recorded for, I don't know what this is. Why do you think it ended up like this? Because I think I know what their their rationale here was behind it. It What do you mean? why, Why they put the calamari in the sauce. You know, if you get like hot wings, like buffalo hot wings or whatever, and you get them into a big silver bowl, you've deep fried them, they're Mm. super crispy, you put in your hot sauce and then you give a bit of a stir around and a bit of a season, then you get those kind of sticky, crunchy, but moist wings. I Mm. think they thought they were doing that with the calamari, that it was going to be dressed and then you would have these lovely crispy calamari that soaked in all this lovely mm. sauce. But because the calamari is so rubbery, it just doesn't take and it falls off. And like the sauce was just at the bottom. It was like calamari yeah. that wasn't crispy and was very chewy on like a bed of soup. Yeah, the sauce was too thin to stick to anything. Yeah. Like, gross. It looked like pasta. It, <laughs> it looked like if you ordered salt and pepper squid from a really, really, yeah. really shit Chinese yeah. that is displaying mm. its one star fucking, you know, refuse how <laughs> fraud or whatever. 
Gordon doesn't even actually get the full swallow in on it. You know, he doesn't. Damn. He swirls around the mouth. It's right back out. And even with a couple of chews, it's pretty much undamaged the calamari, which is impressive in its own right. Let's talk about the spilled, open-faced dumpster that is the nachos. The party in your mouth, nachos. Mm. What does he say it's actually like, Joe? Party in your mouth? I think I've just thrown up in my mouth. And he had a second one, yep. a backup, which I assume he didn't want them both included in the edit, but they were both included in the edit. A party in your mouth? It was like a funeral in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, you've got to combine the two, save time. A party in my mouth is like getting sick at a funeral. That's what it's like. Which in my mouth. The worst place to be sick. What were the bits on it? It was so. It's like someone had turned the saturation down on it and made it like kind of grim. I don't know if you remember, but for a brief like nine or ten months when I was living in Salford, I went through a phase of uploading pictures on Instagram of just litter that I would find around yes. Salford, like stuff that people had dumped. That's exactly what this looks like. It's like green and red and brown. It looks like there's metal in there. Like it's yeah. just a pile of litter. It literally looks like a doner kebab that someone started eating when they were drunk, fell over, and they were like. Oh, I would eat the rest of that because I am really drunk, but I'm just too drunk to even bend over to pick it up, and then it's just gotten like bits of metal in. See, that's the that's that's the rookie routine right there. If you're going to go for the doner kebab, if you're drunk, you get two. You have one when you're drunk. <laughs> Second one you can use as a pillow, and then breakfast in the morning. Thank Ooh, you very nice much. You can use that one if you want. Breakfast. It's a different dish then. It's Make a... your face smell like doner kebab. Yeah, you, oh. you can cut the sauce with a knife and fork in the morning. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think the title of this. Nachos could be Sulfur deserves better <laughs> And then we get our main course Nothing like I've had a bowl of brown Nothing like a couple of slabs of brown oh. It looked like Back in Ireland We have a mascot for uh, Pete Briquettes Called Petey And he's basically like kind of a big Pete Briquette And he's all like smiley And he's got an orange jumper on him It kind of looked like his, one of his kind had been caught Sliced in three And then quickly sauced <laughs> See, I thought it was like a big wet turd covered in a bigger wetter turd. Fifty Shades of Diarrhea is what you're talking yeah. about right Sorry, there. Sorry, I just want to just go back a sec. Were, were they trying to market briquettes for children or something? Kevin? Hey, it got me invested. <laughs> got me invested. We've died for our right to cut our own peat turf in Ireland, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit of a debrief after the, uh, the meals. He, he hadn't much to say about the... The, the meatloaf, from, from my perspective, it, it it looked as bad as you could imagine. Yeah, he said it was disgusting. The sauce mm. cut alongside with the actual meat itself. Yeah. And Ugh. three slabs of meatloaf? That's mm. a lot. That's a lot of fucking, meat. I could eat a lot of meatloaf. And it was a weird colour. Like, I don't really like meatloaf anyway, but it's not supposed to be that colour, right? Mm, no. I mean, it would... It kind of had a greyness to it. Yes. And also, Gordon said it was cold. Oh. Cold meatloaf? I've literally never, ever had meatloaf in my life. So this is all I've got to go off of here. And it does not look like a nice dish. No. See, I love meatloaf. And I've made it a few times. I don't think I've ever made it for you because no. you really don't like it. And it's kind of... It's not a very glamorous meal, so I can't be like, hey, baby, I'm going to make us meat. It's not a very healthy meal either, so I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm gonna, or it's not even cheap as well, because <laughs> it's, it's meat, which is... You know. It's like the butt of every joke in all the sitcoms. It's always like, hey, what's for dinner tonight? Meatloaf. Oh, mom. <laughs> all right, mom, leave it out. I, I, I can make a nice meatloaf. I can. I swear, I, I can do it. I'll, see, I'll eat it myself. Fine. I'd have three big slabs of this. <laughs> okay, so we have a bit of a debrief. A couple of issues here. Firstly, there is no head chef. Uh-uh. We have a lead chef. <laughs> and they kind of tiptoe around the fact that very much, obviously, she she's like, well, 
My, my head chef did quit, and then I didn't want to give him the title and the pay oh, rise. She fired the head chef. Oh, she fired the head chef. Excuse me. It may be very obvious that she had gotten into the routine of not wanting to pay for a head chef, and because mm-hmm. they they have financial problems, there's bills they can't pay. You know, they don't really yep. talk about the finance that much, but it's clear that she has no intention of paying for a head chef. Uh-uh. Which is kind of hard to fix the problems because I couldn't think of anything that motivates me less in this life when I am asked to do further jobs that would necessitate a bigger title mm-hmm. but it has no pay bump or anything like that yeah. that is that is the most ridiculous thing you can do to staff the only thing worse is giving them the title and not the pay bump bad mm. bosses beware <laughs> she's got a simple plea to gordon fix it <laughs> it's your problem fix it you fix it you fix my fucking shit restaurant there's nothing wrong so with great. it but fix it I don't know what it is about this scene, but this is the point in my notes where I wrote down, I am weirdly attracted to this nasty woman. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get what you mean. Honestly, I started off this episode thinking she was going to be my MVP. Just I was like, oh, you know, people calling her psycho bitch. It's not very fair. I think she's not as bad as all that. Mm-hmm. She's she's definitely an asshole, but she's also a hot asshole. Yeah, um, me, the freak over here who uh, has his beans and toast separately, does not think that she is, uh, she is hot. Right. That's, that's just my taste in this respect. That's fine. It's okay. Okay, Gordon has a challenge to her. Wake up and admit it's shit. <laughs> that's, that, she's not gonna, ever going to say that it's shit, Gordon. Come on now. He's, he's, he is a terrible mix with her. He does seem like he's getting genuinely upset with her, though, compared to some other times where it's just... He's dialing it on a little bit. He's getting a bit red behind the eyes here. Yeah. This is why I picked this episode, because I feel like, and we'll get to it very soon, but there is some shouting here, which I feel like is Gordon's most genuine shouting and anger we've seen on the Mm -hmm. show so far. And when Gordon doesn't know what to do and he knows he has to shout, that's a great time indeed. (laughs) Abby decides to have a chat with herself, which is what I would do to psych myself up for doing the junior search when I was 14. It's, uh, you know, doing it in front of your staff after a big blow up is probably not going to instill much confidence. While lying down in a booth in your own restaurant. Classy. If you buy your own restaurant, you can fucking have a meltdown wherever you like, I guess. (laughs) Staff come up and tell her that the menu sucks. And then to hate how she always tells him to fuck off all the time. You know, little things like that. <laughs> this is actually very well handled, though, because they come in with the criticisms and they're like, well, you know, the menu isn't good. We do, we, none of us think it's good. She starts getting all defensive, but then two of them, I think it's Minnie and is it Josh, who's the guy with the nice yeah. smile, they're both being really fair where it's like, look, Abby, we're not attacking you. We care about you. You're our friend. We just want you to do well. Like, this is how you get through to someone like her, I think. Yeah. It, it is funny because later on, they do the thing where it's like, okay, well, we all have problems talking to her so we're going to write it down on a piece of paper and she won't know it is they have already very calmly yeah very clearly addressed it with her hey rico's in the house did anyone catch his really awkward hello <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was watching in the next room or something he's like uh-oh i'm in trouble <laughs> hello my name is rico no it's not the right time for that <laughs> gordon asks him you know what what's at stake here and gordon always loves when there's like I don't know if, if I've looked into this too much, but when there's like an angry fee- when there's an angry like kind of female head chef or owner or whatever it is, and then there's like a silent male money man on the outside, mm. he's always like so like what's going on, you know? Like <laughs> I think Rico's probably a bigger idiot than Abby is because of all the stuff he was talking about at the start. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have like a fifty-fifty stake in this, don't they? And he's been more than happy to be like, yeah, you do whatever you want. Like he's totally blind to what's going on here yeah and he's a big pushover too like the fact mm-hmm. that he doesn't even dare bring up with her any of the problems that he has nah. 
when Gordon asks him, he's like, what's at stake here for you? And he mentions about, you know, the thing we talked about, about his job at the financial services. He could lose his job because of because of bankruptcy. And Gordon mm. goes, what's on the line for you? And he just says, nine? Now, nine what? Million? I thought hundred grand, but, like, you're approaching some of the biggest debt we've ever seen on the show mm. either way, right? What did yeah. you reckon? Do you think he's I've in... Literally no idea. Nine? I mean, how much could you spend on a restaurant like that? They had a lot of staff, mind. A lot of staff, and it was right on the high street. Yeah. Good location. I mean, doing my research, looking into this, apparently Providence is quite a foodie town. Like, there is a lot of good dining. There's apparently a really good food college there. Like, it is quite a food-centric place. So, I don't know, maybe maybe it is crazy expensive to have a restaurant there. Wow, $900. <laughs> And she's, she's just said nothing about it at all. That's ridiculous. <laughs> right, it's time for service. And we get a look inside the floor of the kitchen where there are, from my count, dirty gloves, dirty pans, and somehow dirty screwdrivers on the kitchen floor. Oh. How the fuck, like? That's like when I worked at the butchers and we had to use things like screwdrivers to, like cut out the dirt between the tiles oh, oh, oh god i think we're gonna say cut out the meat with the screwdriver. <laughs> uh, gordon can't help himself he sees the floor he's right into the walk-in look at these oh. lamb bones now this is the main reason why i chose this episode there's a lot of shouting here but the particular way that gordon says and those like bones that. the moldy lamb bones and those bones those moldy lamb bones i've thought about that 12 times a day every day for the last 12 months and i'm glad to finally get it on a podcast pick a new zone for those lamb bones <laughs> there's like drums of chicken carcasses there's and a like big what bin the bag fuck? full of like old meat why here's, here's the issue i have with this walking in particular you can have your tankards of sludge and jelly and all that fucking shit. There's one where it looks like it's like rice and cheese kept together. No. Why are all of their buckets see-through? I can see. It's like a fucking... Uh, I don't need... I Just leave it white and I can fill in the blanks myself. Thank you very much. It's like fucking Ripley's Believe It or Not here. Like all these weird <laughs> artifacts in jars. Honestly, you put all this together, you get the mother brain from Metroid. That's what we have here in this fucking walk-in. And as this is going on, the service... Ain't going so hot. I mm. caught Abby using one of Gordon's favourite phrases. 86 to specials. Wee. Nice. Wee. The food is, of course, not able to get out of the kitchen quick enough. And when it does, mm. it's pretty much straight back in there. Now, Gordon is in the walk-in and he's kind of hot and cold because he's wanting to scream at Abby, but also going, can you see what I'm dealing with here? Yeah. To Rico. I don't know who, who you thought was coming out well here. I think everyone should have been ashamed of themselves yeah. with this argument. How does it go down? Tell me what happens. He goes back upstairs and grabs a very stressed out Abby who is currently trying to balance everything going on in the service, brings her downstairs to the walk-in and she just completely pleads ignorance saying that it wasn't like that earlier today <laughs> when I came in here. <laughs> That'd be something I'd love to do is to try and sneak in dirty food into a shh, this <laughs> restaurant. This yeah. owner's going to freak when they find all this slime I put in here. She calls him, does she call him an asshole? Because then he's like, yep. you call me an asshole. Different thing, as far as I'm concerned. Well, asshole and oh, really? Asshole. Oh, yeah, if you're an, ass, you're an asshole or an arsehole. Or, I don't know, because like, arsehole is the more guttural Irish thing. If someone calls you an arsehole in Ireland, it feels like you've gotten them more to the core. But like I would hear my dad go, the guy in the shop was acting like a bit of an asshole, so he was. <laughs> and like that, that for me is kind of like, oh right, you've seen it on TV, and it's kind of like this guy's uh -huh. an asshole. Like it's yeah. more of a kind of a generic like observation of them. I think arsehole is a more of a personal dig. That's just me. I don't know if that's just me. 
and my 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 supplanted Irish ways. Well, as an English person, arsehole and asshole are two very different things. Just because in England we say asshole. Yeah, well, if someone called you an asshole, would you be like, well, oh, it depends. I'm, are they from England? I'm walking here. If, if it's an American, <laughs> it's fine because that's how they say the word. Tell you what's not a good look when someone calls you an arsehole and then you turn around and call them, and I quote, a stuck-up little bitch. Ooh, Gordon! The way he says it, you stuck-up little bitch. He chases her! Yeah, he runs her around! Up the stairs, like, yeah. no! She's, like, running away. That's my favourite thing that Gordon Ramsay can do is to chase someone away. Like, he does it all the time in Hell's Kitchen where he's like, get out! And then they leave, and he follows them. He's like, that's right, get out! Oi, come back, come back! Fuck off, would you? Like, he just loves following them around. And then she, she, she just kicks them out. Which, to be fair, if someone yeah. called me a bitch in my restaurant, yeah. I would probably kick them out as well, even uh, if it was Gordon Ramsay. And especially if they'd snuck all this dirty food in as I well. I'd like, absolutely <laughs> livid. It was funny because they were both trying to kick each other out and Gordon realised he had to kind of like... She's like, I have the higher ground, Gordon. I am further <laughs> up the stairs. And she says that he is an insult to this industry. <laughs> this industry? Now, the industry that she's been a part of for 30 years, let's not forget. I mean, she's got more experience than he does yeah. in mm-hmm. the industry. What does Gordon even know? He was a football for before all this like. <laughs> Gordon leaves and then you get the typical like the fake guys just give me a minute please where he pretends to send the camera crew away but then they obviously <laughs> follow him from behind because he does still want to get this making sure he's mic'd up as well <laughs> exactly yeah he makes sure that he's getting his nice side for the cameras yeah and then we get Rico doing that shitty like humble like oh no we do want you we, we no sorry sorry about her but we, we actually do want your help because Gordon was genuinely going to leave the show for sure there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd happily end the episode there. Please, Gordon, you're very good. So we decide we're going to have a new new day, a new start, everything like that. And this is my favourite type of Gordon ever. And the type where the time where he most reminds me of Eric Cartman from South Park. When Gordon <laughs> attempts to show contrition by wearing a nice shirt. <laughs> Look, I am being genuine. I don't wear flannel shirts willy fucking nilly (laughs) so this is a nice chance for us all to sit down Mm -hmm. clear the air and get Abby get her get get her chase her get her chase her call her the b word again he's saying like right I've got a bucket here and you're all gonna write down questions and they can be aimed at whoever you want (laughs) and then we'll read them out it's like come on we all know who you're pointing at here God. Basically, another chance to get Abby, isn't it? Because um, one of the first questions is, how do you feel about maybe not telling us to fuck off all the time? Would you be open to that, maybe? Apparently, she tells the staff the only reason they still work there is because they can't get jobs anywhere else and they're, like, desperate for the money. And it's, like, it's the most petty, cruel shit to come from a restaurant boss ever. Mm -hmm. It's so mean. I think, like, if you... Or working in, you know, a service job or kind of, you know, counter job, any sort of minimum wage, public facing job or anything like that. I feel like no, no boss has the right to comment on your outside life whatsoever. And not your money situation either. Like, Mm -hmm. of course I'd be earning more money if I could. Yeah. I'm not Mm -hmm. here because I choose to be. I know, particularly this day and age as well, where everyone's got a side hustle and everyone's a freelancer in a sense of the word. It's it's absolutely nothing to fucking do with you. Even if if you are in a contracted job and all that stuff, that whole kind of sit down, hand your shoulder, I know all about your life and you're not going to be able to get a job anywhere else. That's fucking weird. None of your business. And if you care that much, pay me more. Yeah. Legit. Legit. We're going to have a manifesto for the service industry. I'm pretty sure. Service night number two. We have half the menu, 25 items or less. 
And we've got what looks to be a very delicious chicken special. Oh, there were mm. slivers of garlic in there. I think that is going to be my dish of the day, I, I, I would say. Uh, it looked really, really good. Mm. Moist chicken with herbs and garlic, pan-fried, 90 minutes and it all falls to shit. Yeah. Uh, it started off so well. The customers were happy. The dishes were going out. Abby was really chill. And then what actually, what leads up to it suddenly falling apart again? Abby just starts blaming the lead chef, Jimmy. Well, apparently, mm-hmm. according, it's, it's really hard to kind of make this out because obviously the narrative of this episode is everything is Abby's fault. When mm. in, that, in this instance, I think it is actually the head, well, the head chef. Lead chef. Lead chef. Yeah. Fucking yeah. lead chef. And that he just doesn't have the experience to manage that many different dishes. Like 25 yes. dishes is still a lot to manage and it's a big restaurant. And I yeah. think he just got overwhelmed. And I hate that thing as well where it's like, well, you had 50 dishes last night and now you've 25. You should be twice as good. It's like, well, actually going from one menu to another is going to be difficult full stop yeah. and there's a new dish they have to cook as well so and at the start of the show one of the things they were talking about is like we're just not getting people coming through the doors and this is the classic kitchen yeah. nightmares thing of gordon ramsay's in town hey your restaurant is going to be full for the first time in like two years i hope you know how to deal with a full restaurant which none of them do i think the thing that was the biggest indictment of of jimmy the lead chef was you overhear them talking outside and it apparently took him an hour to make two dinners. That's mm. shocking. That's like how long it takes me to make two dinners if I accidentally ruin two dinners and then <laughs> two more dinners. Well, next day, Gordon's got his man in the house training them because there's not enough time to do this on camera. I love that Gordon has outsourced my favourite bits from Kitchen Nightmares UK. Thanks for that. Yeah. I would hate to be entertained too much. And we get what I think might be a first on It's Raw in that Gordon does not renovate the restaurant in the slightest. He yeah. says it's a beautiful restaurant. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is, yeah. Lovely. I think the thing I like most about it is it's very bright. It's got a big kind of glass front on yeah. it. Yeah. You can see all the world going by. The restaurant is gorgeous. It's in a great location. But come on, we need to address the fact that the staff are wearing black shirts with bright orange ties. It's fucking hideous. These cans of tango walking around the place. There was this from Red Hook, these guys. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, um... This is one of the few times where the new menu kind of turned my stomach a little bit. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I think it's even watching on cinema. I think it is, yeah. We're oh. watching a, a show that has parodied the, the tropes of this exact era of food. Mm-hmm. So when he comes up here with his fucking meatball sliders and his truffle oil <laughs> shite, I was like, all right, <laughs> off you go, back I'm, you go. I'm mentioning the goat's cheese truffle dip as the, as the dish of the day. Oh, God. Really? Yeah, it looked delicious. I love Uh-oh. goat's cheese and truffle. And everyone who tried it loved it. It. And she tried it and almost started. Cr- no, she did. She started crying. No, she did. Literally, she legit. This is so mind blowing to me. I've never seen this before. I think Abby has literally never tasted good food. Yeah, in her that's life. it. I've got yeah. the exact same thing written down. You're yeah. right. Totally She's like, I, t- I didn't know it could be like this. And the tears are flooding out of her like it's like you know in Ratatouille where the evil critic has a bite and he's like oh my god it's just like that (laughs) that was me the first time I had Bovril was pretty much that oh come on I didn't know a beef paste could be so salty (laughs) I think Joe's seen me have that experience like 20 fucking times yeah because you've introduced me to all of your English treasures that you have over here Uh, this is my favourite moments in the episode after Abby is crying Josh is kind of his opining to the camera camera thinking about big picture stuff he's like huh this is nice it proves that abby maybe has a soul and maybe there is a god (laughs) oh my god (laughs) she does seem genuinely like this food has changed her entire self yeah Yeah. that's that's what you should 
you should be able to do that if someone is making sludge and if they claim to be passionate about food you present someone with like that's how many times on this show are we seeing someone who's presenting shite and then they're given this vibrant amazing stylish mm. food and they're like yeah that's good and they, you don't have yeah. any taste buds do you and right. i think some people just don't mm-hmm. can't appreciate food it's nice to know that abby was not one of those people Relaunch night, and oh-oh, it ain't just any relaunch night, because the one and only Jenny Plates, the influential... Jenny Plates? The influential Rhode Island food blogger is in the house, and she has previously torn this shit asunder in 140 characters or less. So she's here, and she's ready, and the manufactured drama about Mm. Jenny Plates... When the already it's, it's Stacy Place, by the way, not Jenny Place. Stacy Place, excuse me, Stacy, <laughs> Stacy Places. When she's there and she is looking on her phone, and the restaurants fall behind a bit, and we get mm-hmm. this line from Gordon: "Jesus, is she blogging live? She better not be <laughs> blogging now." She's blogging live from the table. Can she do that? He comes up and goes, look, she just tweeted that she's waiting 20 minutes for her, her stars. There's this amazing thing that Gordon keeps doing. Like, Abby and Jimmy are shouting at each other. It's so noisy and stressful. And Gordon keeps going, Abby, Abby. And then she looks over at him and he does the little texting with his thumbs kind of motion. He's like, hey, she, she's still tweeting, yeah? So are you going to fix it or not? The fact that they keep calling it blogging and it's, one that, it's a great time. Mm. I love this time. You know, when no one really knew what blogging was. <laughs> and it was just like, they're blogging? That What does that mean? I'm losing thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now this episode came out in 2011, which was the height of tout, I believe. So oh. if she'd been touting her reviews, maybe it would be a bit more accessible. Right, now, I don't want to have too much of a pop at Stacey Plates here because, you know, we're all we're all online personalities in our own right. We don't want to have taken shots of other people's brands here. But she types like she's she holds that phone and types like a fucking time traveler. Like seriously, it's like if I had tried to use a BlackBerry, which I've never used before. She holds it lengthwise it's between almost, her thumb and index finger. It's almost like she's scared of getting her own fingerprints on her phone in case like she might be accused of like murder or well, something. Maybe they were like the producers, like, look, can you make this more dramatic? Can you type slower? And like, can you blog slower so it's more tense? Like, yeah, I'll hold it like this and type one letter at a time on my BlackBerry. Fuck. <laughs> ridiculous she starts taking pictures then on her phone yep. just as the kitchen sets on fire <laughs> is this our first fire we've had no we've had other fires had other fires yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a pan fire it's not like the whole place burns yeah, down I'm sure no. we've had that before yeah yeah but it's obvious that it was a grand night overall because the the guy that they have in there, the consultant chef he's he looks like he's pro like he has everyone on a short leash and they are yeah pretty much getting there it, it there's not enough drama to manufacture a whole scene of this really and we know it's a grand night in the end because we get the blogger awkwardly holding her fork and really stiltedly going this is a really good caesar salad there i said it can i go home now please <laughs> this is the great thing about blogging back in 2011 you didn't have the video technology for you to have to express your opinion in a in an entertaining <laughs> way you could just write it down <laughs> So it's all grand now, and in probably one of the most cathartic moments we've ever had on this show, Abby regrets how she's acted. She does, and she yeah. does genuinely seem like a changed person. Yeah, yes. she's like, I ha- I have had to have my eyes open. This is basically like a proof of concept that Gordon, being a dick and shaking everything up, can actually have a positive impact yeah. of sorts. 
sadly. They have a hug, and then as Gordon is making his exit, he's like, wow, party in my mouth, fuck, and his umbrella breaks. <laughs> I love that he literally ends this episode the exact same way as the ending of Mary Poppins, in that he, like, he has his final word to his umbrella, puts it up and flies away. Chim- chimney, your fucking roof. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is uh, Gordon when he starts when I start criticising things I can't stop floating and I get up here and I get very angry indeed come down Gordon <laughs> and then we all start criticising things together we're all oh flo- no no we're all flowing with them alright Adam it falls to you to tell us any updates on what happened to Down City after Gordon floated away back to jolly old England. <laughs> we've got multiple updates here. First of all, I think this might be the first time we've done an episode which actually got a Kitchen Nightmares revisited. Oh, as very nice. Really? And apparently when Gordon goes back, everything is smooth sailing. Business is up. Everyone's doing really good. Everyone's really happy and friendly. He checks out the fridge. It's all organized. It's clean. <gasps> Lunch is delicious. Wow. Oh Couldn't be more of a fairy tale ending, really. And then we've got some Yelp reviews here after the filming saying that it was mostly negative. Apparently the service was poor, the food wasn't great. There was a lot of folks that were unhappy with the changes that Gordon made and they actually preferred Abby's old meatloaf, for instance. Wow. Okay. Then Down City closed on the 10th of December 2011 after struggling with the declining local economy. And Abby posted on the website, I want to thank everyone and anyone that has ever walked through the doors of Down City. What owning Down City has meant to me, words cannot describe. And she is now a, a personal trainer in Rhode Island. Wow, she'd be a fucking great personal that, the, trainer. Yeah. Damn right she would. Such a Absolutely. Good, like, Channel that anger her. and that yeah. fucking energy into something positive. That's exactly who I want to be frightened by, a personal <laughs> trainer. Then I've got a friendly review here from Yelp. This is written by George K, whose avatar is a really cute little puppy typing on a keyboard. Aww. Very wholesome, very sweet. Uh-oh. And, and George <laughs> writes in saying, left the city a few years ago, but I'm happy to see this shithole finally close its doors i ate here a few times between 2007 and 2009 when i was working downtown and it's easily the worst food i've had in providence which is embarrassing in a city filled top to bottom with stellar food services thank you for closing your doors wow well a happy ending of sorts i guess and then final update here this just because this is especially like shines a light on how kitchen nightmares works the famous food blogger Stacy Place wrote an update on her blog talking yes. about her appearance on the show. Got a question here for Stacy. Why did they say you have 10,000 followers? Well, people assumed that since Gordon was reading my Twitter feed that the show was referring to me having 10,000 Twitter followers. I don't. The producers asked me how many people read my blog and I replied about 250 per week. They multiplied that by 52 weeks and then rounded down to 10,000. That's really funny. Okay. So so really she's a very small fry food blogger essentially that just wanted to make it out to be more dramatic. That means we, any of us, could go into a restaurant and claim to be food critics with thousands of bloggers. Well, I don't know, but you have to go retabulate our listens for the year with that math. Yeah, times it by 52, baby. With that math, we got a couple more zeros coming our way. That's great. <laughs> well, that does it for another episode of It's Raw. I think it's time just to round up with our MVP and dish of the day. I think I mentioned earlier, chicken fillet special for me and Josh, who was a, a, a candle, a beacon of hope at the early start of this episode with that winning smile. And the, only that smile could compensate for that fucking horrible uniform they were forced to wear. <laughs> Joe, what do you got in terms of your MVP? I know you said your dish of the day was the, the truffle and the goat. I stand by that. It looks delicious. And I'm actually really hungry for that specifically <laughs> right now. The I wish fuck? I could have that. Kevin, I'd like you to make that for me at some point, no. please. Guess what? I don't like truffle. That's a, that's a fun fact about me, folks. <laughs> well, 
Okay then. <laughs> I, I dislike that. I am going to say that Abby was my MVP just because oh. she came around so strongly. Yeah. And okay, the business didn't succeed in the end, but you know, it's a hard industry to work in. And the fact that she changed so significantly, mm-hmm. even though she was so, like Gordon at one point yells that she needs therapy and he is totally yeah. right because she cannot take criticism. And we all know we don't need therapy. We just need to be shouted at and chased up the stairs by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> It's true, though. Usually the, the, the owner or the chef will be like, wow, I was wrong. Gordon Ramsay knows what he's talking about. But she went one further and said, I was being unprofessional. I can't believe how I acted before. Yeah, she said like, she was really, Yeah, she was really humble. And it's actually nice to see that happen on Kitchen Nightmares. Adam, dish of the day, MVP. What do you got? Dish of the day, I'm with you, Kevin. That grilled chicken was probably the only thing I saw here. I wouldn't mind trying the lobster mac and cheese, even though I don't oh, like Oh, that was seafood. the other fucking lobster mac and cheese. Mmm, fish and cheese. Yum. It's literally in six-bag cinema as well, Fucking lobster mac and cheese. Can I, can I dip the lobster mac in the truffle oil aioli? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Yum. And my MVP would be Minnie because I think they were the most fair and the most mature person. They actually really tried to get through to Abby and say, yeah. like, we're not attacking you. We like you. We want you to do well. And so just for that alone, I think they contributed a hell of a lot to Abby's transformation. Well, that's going to do it for their episode of It's Raw. As always, don't forget, you can send your kitchen nightmares, stories about meeting Gordon or celebrity chefs or stories of eating out or making your own kitchen nightmares at home. All, of course, are always welcome, as well as any thoughts, comments, etc. about updates on episodes we've done or episodes you'd like to see us do in the future. There will, of course, be another episode of The Walk in the not-too-distant future. Do check it out if you want to see us go through some of your messages, emails, etc. and stories. I believe next time it falls to I to pick an episode. I believe so. So we're going to be looking at something where the chef is a particular piece of work. Ooh. Quick query, folks. Next time it's my turn to choose. Am I allowed to choose an episode of Bank Balance or is that completely out of order? I mean, it's got to fit with your own theme, right? Of high the, drama Bank high Balance. High drama Bank Balance, yeah. So any episode of Bank Balance then, basically. Well, we've watched four episodes and they've yet to produce any drama across four hours. <laughs> How d- what are you on about? Gordon going, wow, you got that question wrong. I told you, you should have gotten all the questions right. Wow, that was a great strategy, Gordon. I should listen to you, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm open to it, but I would suggest perhaps a poll of some sort. Yeah, that's Maybe oh. it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to each present an off, here we go, why don't we have a special yep. off-menu special oh, edition? Yes. Each of us can come with something that's not a Kitchen Nightmares US Gordon episode. I know I've been pitching Boiling Point at one point. You're talking Ooh. bank bands. We've mentioned Kitchen Nightmares UK, Hotel Hell, 24 oh. Hours to Hell and Back. Oh. Joe and I, we watched some frankly ridiculous late seasons of, of Hell's Kitchen recently. Can I pick mm. his um his 10-minute... Um, briefs that he does with his kids that's really no. stressful. <laughs> pan down! Pan down! Yeah, put the pan all the way down. Now he doesn't like food anymore and he's hosting bank balance. There you go. Like. <laughs> Anything to get away from his family. Yeah, pandemic does crazy things to us all. Until next time where we're going to tread through some more sludge and get another party in your mouth. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Joe. And we'll catch you next time on It's Raw! Wow, another unbelievable episode of It's Raw. From pissy, grainy soup to Abby's massive temper and those bones, those mouldy lamb bones. Let's just hope that when these three decide to go off menu, they talk about something good and not one of my miserable failures like Costadel Nightmares. Down City? What a down pity. Down City? 
more like clown city. Down city, more like frown shitty. There, just use whichever one's best. <laughs>